As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sifa podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's starting with the man in the shimmer and asking him to make a change. It's Sifpa. Got to take a look at yourself, look at yourself and make a change, Andrew. That's what I got to do, apparently. <laughs> apparently. I'm taking a look at you and telling it's, you, you have to take a look at yourself. <laughs> so That's how it works. I think pretty much you're telling me I have to change is <laughs> That's what right. it is. I think it's what it comes down to. All right. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Ah! I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy. From Flick Freaks, and we like to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe comes into our minds. Uh, how you doing? Good. Good. It's rainy. It's wet. Oh my goodness. It's monsoon. It outside. decided to be a little monsoon in the Ozarks. Yeah. A little bit of Seattle in Missouri. Yeah. I uh, was my road flooded when you came in. Not too much. Okay. Yeah, but there. It, I think the highway was actually worse. Really? Yeah. It's not going to get super bad, is it? I know it's still raining. We do have a flash flood warning. Oh, good. Did you bring sleeping bag? <laughs> <laughs> if, as long as you order in. Otherwise, I, I need sustenance like oh, Thor. Okay. Yeah. I require sustenance. We have teenage boys in the house, so there's food around. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm we good. try to keep people fed. Well, that's the thing. You have teenage boys in the house, <laughs> so right. I don't know if there's that's, food in No, you make a valid point. <laughs> yeah. My, my son, just before I came down here, my son, uh, I saw three empty bags of frozen french fries. <laughs> three full bags like yeah. what are you who does three he told me they were already open and so there were only a few in each one yeah. so we'll see if that's the case but yeah. uh who knows i had a whole bunch of peanut butter this morning i should be good oh good yeah good you got all your protein and everything exactly um one reminder before we get into the show which by the way going to be a, a fun show today um i i want to remind people about the oscar contest mm-hmm. time's running out i'm slacking i gotta get um, i'll probably do that today the it just go to sifpomp.com. It's linked directly to the choice page. Get your picks in over 50 entries in already. Uh, so we've already matched, uh, I think, the number of entries we had last year. So hopefully we get a few more uh, at the end of the week. Um, again, the prize is whoever picks the most correctly um, gets to have a shout out on the podcast. You get to tell us what to say within reason. Um, you know, let us know what you want to promote or what you want to say or anything. Uh, is the prize. I will also say the guys from CinemaSins have their picks in. Um, Christian Harloff has his picks in. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, so competing against some of the, the Internet's 
best movie peeps. It'll be fun destroying them. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, and then join us on uh, Oscar night uh, online on Twitter. We do the uh, Oscar party on Twitter. Hashtag sift pop Oscar party. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. The Oscars so. is the fourth, right? Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. Sunday, March 4th. Sunday, is when they, Sunday, so Sunday. Picks are oh, actually yeah. due Saturday night by midnight. Oh, okay. Uh, the day before on the 3rd. Um, we're going to have some fun. We've got, uh, of course, we're going to review Annihilation, which is going to be a blast. And then uh, we've got the usual Sif Quest. We're going to talk a little more about Black Panther in that. We've got some buried treasure that we want to give you. Uh, we're new best ever shun movies, T-I-O-N movies. It this took a- me a while to realize what you were talking about. I'm yeah. like, shun movies. I, <laughs> I thought it was a genre I'd never heard of. I'm like, what is... And then I'm like, oh, T-I-O... Okay, yeah. You know, speak- I, felt, I felt so dumb. Speaking of <laughs> genres, I feel like with Annihilation, and, and not to get into the review <laughs> You're too You're doing soon, it already. <laughs> I feel like with Annihilation, we're, we're seeing this new movie genre... Where like of genreless movies? Well, no, no, no. Movies that are are like um, metaphorical. Like I, I think of Colossal was you know an interesting yeah. movie like that. Uh, Phantom Thread was an interesting movie like the Mother was an interesting movie like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just seeing a lot. Of, there needs to be a like a genre distinction. The metaphorical for, genre. Yeah. Well, for these movies that that you probably are going to hate, but a lot of people are you know who love movies are going to love. Like you know, it's like. I, it's it's just really interesting. Um, I actually did have the metaphor down as one of the pros in this yeah, movie. Yeah, I wonder if we're because th- yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to save it. Yeah, no, no, we'll yeah. get into the review here in a little yeah. bit. Uh, but first, let's do some. Uh, do we care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. Pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, uh, you know me. I am no stranger. You hi, Andrew. <laughs> you know me. I'm no stranger to hype and hyperbole, right? <laughs> right. So you put the hype in hyperbole. But whenever it comes to ranking things, I take it very seriously. Yes, sir. So whenever I found out that Rotten Tomatoes recently updated their top 100 movies of all time list, oh, you had to check it out. I had to check it out. I didn't even know that happened. And believe it or not. Black Panther, according to Rotten Tomatoes, is the number one greatest movie of all time. What? Yeah. No, you're misunderstanding. No, no. Their top 100 movies of all time, they have Black Panther at number now, one. Now, and Paddington 2 is number seven. Okay, then then I know what's happening. These are their, like, according to the tom- the thermometer or whatever. Nope. This is an editorial choice of a list. As long as the movie that is being reviewed has over 70 critical reviews. Yeah, so then they're just they're just taking the tomato score in in ranking these based on some sort of math. Like that's what I'm saying. This is like It might a, be an algorithm. Yeah, this is but... some sort of algorithm because there's not a group of editors at Rotten Tomatoes who would sit in a room and come to the decision that Black Panther should be number 1 on that list. We all love Black Panther, right? It's it's, ama- it's amazing. It's incredible. But you don't. It's not <laughs> in the pre-show. A, we didn't even have it as the number one Marvel movie. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We ranked all the Marvel movies in the in the pre-show. Thank you, patrons, for supporting us and enjoy your pre-show. Yeah. Um. We we ranked all the Marvel. It was number five for both of us, right? We yeah. had four different movies ahead of it. So I, I'm just telling you, there's no way a group sits in a room at Rotten Tomatoes and, and decides on this. This is an algorithm that did this based on critics scores in these movies um it has to be 
Yeah. Absolutely. That's so interesting. But I saw that, and I'm like, we have to talk about oh, that absolutely. at least. absolutely. I absolutely care about that. That's very interesting. So I need to do a little more research. The algorithm is, if it is an algorithm, like it ha- like you say, it has to be. It but has if it to is, be. There's no way. But if it is, it's flawed. Yeah. Well, it's just telling you, it's telling you the results of math. It's not telling you the results of critical thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those are two different things. The tomato meter itself mm-hmm. is... Which I like to call the tomometer. Tomometer? Mm-hmm. It's probably actually what it's no, called. No, I'm sure it's the tomato meter. <laughs> okay. But it's the tomato meter tomometer itself is like skewed and not actually the number that's displayed because sometimes a movie that's certified fresh, if you read the reviews, like it'll barely make the person who's reviewing it on their fresh list. Yeah, I'm sure they included both the overall tomometer rating and Mm -hmm. as well as the um what they I forget what the fan base one. Well no no the there's a secondary critics rating that is more of an example of actually what they rated it. So it could be a hundred percent, you know, fresh, mm-hmm. but could all, but could only be, you know, a sixty-seven percent on, you know, what they actually rated it. So okay. I forget what the difference is. Critics average or something like that. Okay. So both those scores are there, and I'm sure they they probably use them both. But I don't know about you, but whenever like I'm excited about a movie or a movie that I just watch, because I know you don't look at the reviews. Correct. So. Until I've done my own. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I don't uh, really agree with a lot of what uh, uh, the tomato meter is, so I don't trust it or look at it that often. Yeah, you just have to under- Yeah, you have to understand where it comes from, and then I think you can respect it yeah. and use it however you, you, but, know, you see. But it's like whenever you see a trailer for a movie on TV, it's like, now certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get it. And yeah, it has become a little bit of cultural cachet that it probably doesn't deserve. Yeah. I so. think that's more what I'm trying to say. Like, don't wow, believe that meter so much. Black Panther, the number one movie, the greatest movie ever made. Greatest movie ever made. Gr- according to Rotten Tomatoes, I Black think Panther C- I think is Citizen the greatest Kane movie was ever. number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, don't e- I don't even. I yeah. don't even. Number two. Yeah. Joss Whedon is no longer directing Batgirl. I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Do we care? I care enough to say that I think that they... Honestly, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Scrap the DC uh, cinematic universe. Yeah. Scrap it. The DCU or the DCCU or the DCEU, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Scrap it. You failed. Start over. You failed. Yeah. They failed. Yeah. Jenga. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just start saying that now as opposed to you failed? Just yes. Jenga. Yeah. Oh, you jenga Yeah, just say Jenga. I'm going to know what you're talking about. I love Everything it. Everything fell down. Yeah. Jenga. Man, you hit that pog tower and they all <laughs> fell face down. Jenga. Jenga. Um, yeah, I, as far as Whedon goes, I really enjoy the way he's written other movies. I yeah. love his sense of humor. Um, I have a feeling the parts I liked in Justice League were actually parts he was responsible. That's that's not based on anything other than a gut feeling. Yeah. Um, I was excited to see what he would do with Bat Batgirl. However, I am loving these kind of things when a writer can step away and go, you know what? I don't have a story. I don't. This isn't for me to tell. Mm-hmm. No matter what happened behind the scenes, because you know rumors are going to fly that he was pushed out, but they're giving him the opportunity to say he's walking out or yeah. you know whatever the case may be. Doesn't even matter to me. Because first of all, it's not my business, and I wasn't there. Yeah. Um. But second of all, get a female director. In get there. a female director in there. You know, yeah. and it makes sense. And um, I 
I think that's definitely a positive thing overall. This isn't a do we care, but it can kind of tie into this. Um, the directors of the new Flash movie, who also did Spider-Man Homecoming, mm-hmm. they said, uh, technically, we're still not on board because um, DC hasn't sent us a uh, a confirmation for us, so we haven't even started yet. No, they, they, they may be they may be scrapping. They it. may be scrapping that. Calling Jenga. Seriously, Jenga DC EU, <laughs> Jenga that whole sloppy tower. They try. They tried to pull that. They tried to pull that Justice League tile out, and it just didn't work. Yeah, whole thing Jenga'd. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What do you got for number three? Number three. So we all know that LeBron James has been tied to do a Space Jam two like mm-hmm. forever, right? Mm-hmm. Well, until he does. He is now producing a remake of the 1919 phenom film House Party. Oh, that's right. All I did I, see this kid in play. All I want to know is kid in play going to make a cameo? Why, just have him come back. Yeah. Have them be the stars. Yeah. Why you do a cameo? Like, Let's do a why, legit sequel. Yeah. I'm all on, I'm all on board. Can you imagine kid in play 20 years later or whatever? You have I will be there. I'm lined up right now. It's like kid a quarter of a century since that came out, right? 1990. Yeah, 28 years. <laughs> yeah, it's over a quarter of a century. Uh, I was, you know, after I saw this news, I just went back and I was like, you know what, I'm going to plug in House Party. It, it's still fun. Oh, I don't have it. You have a copy? Of course I have a copy of That's House a, Party. Of course, of course you do. <laughs> who doesn't have a, besides you, who doesn't have a copy of House Party? Well, I was just lying. Of course, I have three copies of House Party. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Oh, no, it's so fun. Is it's it? such a fun movie. Guy, I remember it just being straight up fun comedy, dancing, not, not self conscious, not worrying about being anything it's not. Understands the kind of movie it is, kind of humor. Yeah, yeah, so fun. The dunk, yeah, or the yeah, it's great. Um, what do we think of LeBron James acting appearances? Uh, it just says he's producing in this. Well, I, I'm not saying he is <laughs> acting in this. I'm just saying when he has acted. How have you felt about his performances? Uh, the only thing I can think of is the Amy Schumer movie. Trainwreck. Trainwreck. And that may be the only one. That's okay. the one I'm thinking of, too. It may have just been him playing off Bill Hader so well, you know, and Bill Hader making him look better, but I thought it was fun. Like so you thought he did well? See, you're not alone. I keep hearing people saying, oh, LeBron James, good actor. And I'm like, well, like, athlete good? Like, on a different score sheet good? Yeah. Cause, like, He's if- not John Cena good. <laughs> I well, John Cena is a little bit the same way, and I I agree. I think John Cena is better than LeBron in the little that I've seen him in. Yeah, and I think he can act. And The Rock is you know yeah incredible. Is a great actor. Yeah. Um. Of course, Cena and The Rock are both coming from an acting background. That's yeah. what wrestling is. It's acting. Right. Yeah. Oh you know yeah. I, you want know to hurt some people's feelings? Yeah. <laughs> it's entertainment. But again, I don't think you can say LeBron is a good actor when he's only been in one movie and he was well, but a people cameo. Are. He was a cameo. But people are and and I'm just like, can we can we kind of hold off calling LeBron a good actor and can we just call him surprisingly not a bad actor? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Cuz that's the feeling I got. I was like, "Oh, he he's not awful." Yeah. So anyways. Exactly. Well, there we go. That's some, it. Some do we care? We ended on a good note. I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. Let's talk some Annihilation. Your husband's here. Let me see him. He was extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the Shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back.
A biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. That's all you're going to get out of me plot-wise for Annihilation. It's Alex Garland's new movie, both wrote and directed it. It is based on previous material. Yeah. Although my understanding is it's very different from the book that it's based on. Okay. I didn't know that. Which... Which I love because it really makes the movie its own thing. So I, I don't feel like there's a lot of comparison that necessarily has to happen with the book. Um, and yeah, it's about all you're going to get. Let's talk about it. I will say before we even give our you know one word review here at the beginning, um, or I guess some of those are two words. Uh, this is going to be tiptoeing around a lot of spoilers to give some general thoughts on Annihilation. This is definitely a movie that is easier to review to somebody who has seen it. Yeah. Uh, and so, therefore, if you have seen the movie, rejoice. We will be talking about all the spoilers in the Sift Spoil. If you haven't, go ahead and download the Sift Spoil. And then once you've seen Annihilation, come back and listen to it. Because that's where I think a lot of the review is going to happen. Uh, you'll get some good general thoughts here. But we're very careful about not spoiling during the main review. So, yeah, um, let's talk about it. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I loved it. Yeah, I'm in the loved it camp too. Really? Yeah. Okay. This can be. It's going to be a divisive movie. Well, I think a lot of. I think the majority of people will not like it. And I think some people will hate it. Like it is one of those kind of movies. I feel. I felt the same way coming out of Mother, where yeah. people are going to hate this movie, but man, did I love it! I you loved know? it too. <laughs> um, there's so much to love about this movie for me. It's a kind of movie that was made for me, and I, it's not necessarily a surprise because Ex Machina is also that kind of movie. That is beautiful and gorgeous and has this incredible, you know, metaphor in it about, you know, objectifying women and toxic masculinity. And I think that Ex Machina is more accessible than this movie is. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay. Yeah. If I said something to indicate otherwise, I didn't mean to. Okay. I meant it's not a surprise that I like it because oh, it's the same kind of movie. I got you. I got um, you. But yes, no, Ex Machina is a lot more. Um, accessible and I, th- I think we can talk about that certainly once we're in spoilers okay um <laughs> yeah but let's talk about some of the things we loved about it okay uh, you want me to kick it off sure go for it okay the amazing thing about this movie is there are parts of this movie that are otherworldly no pun intended beautiful and yet at the same time you will find things in this movie that are terrifying and haunting that are going to stick with you for a while honestly there is a thing in this movie that is so scary and terrifying that I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Actually, there's a couple things, but there's one prominent no, thing. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's how impactful it is. Yeah. Uh, is I know exactly what you're talking about. But there's also when elements of this movie that are so beautiful that like it's hard to describe. And the fact that Garland can take both of those things and put them in the same movie and it not feel stretched or to like uh, bouncing back and forth. Well, there's no tone. There's no tone battle. There's no tone disparity. Where some yeah. movies will will have two different types of movie. And you're like, just pick a lane movie. Yeah. And this movie manages to be in its lane, which is both devastatingly gorgeous and also devastatingly terrifying. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was either last week or the week before we did a uh, a three for three directors, and we said that we couldn't put. Um, Chazelle. Chazelle on that list because yeah. he hadn't done three movies yet. Garland's almost Garland's, there. Garland's almost there, man. Yeah. Wow. He didn't direct 28 Days Later, did he? He, he just, wrote. He just wrote it. Yeah. So, yeah, this is his second directing. That was, um, 
what's his name who did like 127 hours and what an exciting time with these young incredible directors uh and i don't even mean young literally as in number of years on the earth i just mean young in their careers even yeah um man it's i think it's a really exciting time to be a film fan it feels like we're in a renaissance of filmmaking yeah like the laws and the rules like i don't know if we said this in podcast proper or if it was in the pre-show but you said that there's a new genre of metaphorical Yeah, I think film. that's in the actual show. I said that just a little okay. bit ago. Um, I really feel like we need to come up with a genre for these kind of movies. But, yeah. But yeah. this falls in there. Uh, and so let's let's go there and talk about the metaphor a little bit. Because okay. what you're talking about with the beauty and the devastation, mm-hmm. for me, and again, I probably won't be able to go into detail with this until the spoilers, but is, is the primary... Um, primary thought process of the metaphor that I took away from it. And part of the beauty of these movies is you can, everybody can kind of come away with their own interpretation of what's going on and what it means to them. Yeah. Um, I have two primary metaphors that I think are, are very valuable uh, to me that came away from this movie. And one of them has to do with the, the coexistence of pain and beauty in our lives in the idea of how, uh, you know, destruction is another common theme in the movie, uh, self-destruction and the idea that destruction is in many ways, beautiful and non-malevolent. Uh, it just exists because it's part of entropy. It's part of the world. Uh, I found all of that philosophical thinking, very fascinating in the way it was represented in, you know, this, the shimmer world, uh, is pretty incredible. That's interesting. Mine was more of an analogy than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mine dealt with, uh, hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but cancer. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, I think if you take the, the cancer analogy, um, which is, I think very prevalent and you expand it to the metaphor of the metaphor of cancer itself. Yeah. It becomes even deeper, uh, way to kind of look at what's going on in this movie. So, um, Excited to talk about that in, in spoiler. Oh, I cannot man. wait to talk about that philosophical <laughs> stuff in spoiler stuff. What else do we we love beyond the thinking part and the metaphor and the beauty and, and those kind of things? Um, honestly, and I know you don't see trailers or anything. No, I don't. Um, this movie was not marketed as an all-female cast. Well, and didn't Paramount kind of... It was Paramount, right? I think yeah. that's the, the Paramount studio. Skydance. Didn't they, they really botch the marketing on this? Uh, my understanding is they didn't really do press screenings until the day before because they were worried about it, and they you know didn't market it a lot. And, I know and aren't they dumping it overseas on Netflix, like in a week? Really? Yeah. Wow. And so lots of people probably won't even go to the theater to watch it because they know it's going to leak online once yeah. it's on Netflix. So I did not know that. Um, all I know is the first couple times I saw the trailer and the people who I knew saw the trailer were super stoked for this movie. Yeah. So if you saw the trailers, because the trailers, obviously, they, they all the trailers were not on the level of like Cloverfield, like what is this movie sort of thing, but they were pretty close. Like, what is this movie? Yeah. So... So, but going back to the all female cast, it wasn't marketed like that. So, whenever I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. So, they weren't trying to pander to the all female audience, you know? So, they it's were great. just like, let's just make a movie. This is our cast. This is our cast. Yeah. And they kind of even do that. They kind of also just mention that in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, no, scientist. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, let's talk about the cast. Uh, I thought Natalie Portman was great. Uh, yeah. Oscar Isaac is always amazing. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee, I thought was great in this. She was so good. Tessa Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. Valkyrie. So yeah. <laughs> um, man, she's got a career. Tessa Thompson's 
Yeah. Man, she's going to do some incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed the cast. I love, you know, their performances. What about you? No, I'm right there with you. Like, yeah. the performances were so good, and nobody overshadowed anybody else, I don't think. I agree. Like, I don't think Natalie Portman was, as she wasn't, like, black swanning everybody, you know? She wasn't, <laughs> like, saying, this is my movie, step aside. I think everybody brought their A-game, and nobody was like, this is my movie. They were like, this is right. our movie. Yeah, and even the, um, you know, even people that you wouldn't necessarily know their names or whatever, I'm trying to remember... Uh, I mean, Gina Rodriguez, you you probably know yep. from from a few things, and she's great in it. And then there was one other gal, uh, and I don't know her name, but I'm going to look it up just because I want to give her a shout out. Uh, Tuva uh, Novotny. I thought she was great. Um, and because of that, because there's not a weak link, it allows it to be collaborative uh, in that way. So, yeah, very cool stuff. Uh, who was I trying to think of who... Uh really stood out to me like somebody like oh so i didn't know he was going to be in this movie and like uh daniel gyasa is that how you say his name not he sure was, he was also in uh uh interstellar okay yeah 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 he was really good yeah everybody was good it's not a it's not a big cast it feels more like a high-budget indie film than anything yeah i mean there's more around the periphery there's more extras around the periphery than ex machina you know um, Ex Machina had like what four people? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I th- other than the opening. <laughs> oh yeah, where they're and like the helicopter pilot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but the opening <laughs> when you have to get down to the specific extras, you know, there's not a lot of people in the movie. I recently, uh, we recently sent Ex Ex Machina on Cinema Sins. Uh, how short was that video? It was pretty short. But was <laughs> it, was it? <laughs> so phenomenal? Yeah, but that was the first sin I wrote was actually a sin removal. You know, where we do a sin removal for a good part oh, or whatever, yeah. and it was that opening scene. It's 48 seconds long, and it tells you everything you need to know about the plot, all the exposition you need to know, everything you need to know about Donald Gleason's character mm-hmm. in 48 seconds with zero dialogue. It's incredible filmmaking. And there's some of that here too in Annihilation where you just can tell Garland gets how to put character and story into something without it feeling forced or over, you know, overwrought. Um he's really smart. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. I am so stoked to see where his career goes from here. Yeah? Because, honestly, I, I'm curious if he's going to pull a um, Nicholas Winding Refn, where, you know, he'll come out with a movie like X-Men, X Machina or Drive. You know, it's kind of accessible to everybody, but then he'll make a movie that's not quite so accessible, you know? Because I think with uh, Winding Refn, his career is kind of like, uh, people aren't really on board for movies like Blue Demon, or I mean Neon Demon, and uh, yeah. other movies like that. But uh, I think that Garland has a chance of being like a Chazelle level of director. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely two for two. Yeah, with great, great movies. Um, yeah. uh, you know, at least as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to talk about negatives? Do you have any negatives? I have a couple negatives. This, I hope, hopefully, hopefully, this is not a negative because I haven't read the book. But you said earlier that this really isn't... Like, what I've heard, it's nothing like the book. Yeah. But, I shouldn't say nothing like the book. Yeah. That it made extreme changes to the story yeah. of the book. I don't know if this was an editing choice or if this is just how the book is structured. I think the movie could have done with the more linear style of storytelling. Yes, that was my big negative. I'm oh, was I'm so it? glad we're on the same page on this. I hadn't heard anybody else talk about this. Really? Um, the movie does things with time progression that are completely unnecessary 
and distracting. I think it can also be. I found it spoilerish for the uh, for the movie. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I I I totally agree. Um, there is. I don't mind a little bit of the flash forward conversation. Yeah. But there's a little bit too much of it, and then the stuff the movie does. And this is maybe a separate point, but probably the one I'm more focusing on. Mm-hmm. The movie does stuff, and I'll go into more detail in spoilers because I don't want to necessarily spoil exactly what this is. But I'll just say it has to do with time progression. It yeah. has to do with the way time moves in the movie. That is, I guess, kind of weird and strange but yeah. seems to distract from the movie more than it does actually add something to the movie um and i didn't understand why that had to be there so you don't think that's too spoilerish do you for me to say that no 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 okay, I, don't, yeah. I don't think so okay i mean the movie itself is structuring itself in that way yeah so um and again i hadn't seen any when i went into this movie i didn't even know the shimmer was a thing like you know like yeah. the, the you know, I didn't. I still haven't seen the previews. Do yeah. they? What do they show? Do they show them walking into? Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I assumed they had at least shown some of the shimmer in the previews. Yeah. So I had no clue what this was about at all. So, um, so me going through that time progression, I did feel a little bit spoiled on the story. Though, if you've seen the previews, I would think maybe that that was a little lesson. But yeah. you're saying it's not. You see the shimmer, you don't know what it is, and then you see Natalie Portman shooting a gun. Okay, and then just. Boaz, Inception Boaz, <laughs> and then uh, then this Annihilation comes up. Like I said, it's a very, like, what is this movie sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah. So you had mentioned wanting to talk um, about the sound. Yeah, but that would go in prose, I think. That's fine. Well, yeah. what'd you like about it? Um, maybe, it's I, your, maybe it can be your one last thing unless you have something else. I think I do have one last thing. All right, but, two, uh, la- two last things. Then. So pro, <laughs> a pro would be, because um, I didn't know if the sound was as powerful and, like, when I say powerful, loud is what I mean in my theater as it was in other theaters. But I know it wasn't mine. It was really loud in mine, and it was. I didn't know if it was purposeful because if it was purposeful, it was really impactful. I I think the way the volume, the decibel level of the sound increases has to be purposeful. It it hits its peak at a very crucial moment, and my mm-hmm. ears were almost bleeding. Like, it yeah. was it was so loud that it was almost on the verge of being uncomfortable, yeah. which I think was purposeful. Yeah. I, I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, because I know they set those decibels purposefully, yeah. and I know they sound mix purposefully, and all of that's digital now, so it's not like it's being messed up somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's purposeful, and it... It definitely plays a role in the movie's conclusion and where it where yeah. it moves and where it goes. And I don't mean to jump in front of you, but that is one, my one last thing. I think the ending slash conclusion of this movie can be very off putting to a lot of people. Yep, I know that I wasn't a fan really of the ending of this. I movie. like it. I like it for the metaphor. I like it for some of the things I think it's saying. Well, um, I understand the metaphor and I understand what it's trying to say, but I just eh. we've talked about this before with metaphor movies too. The fact that the biggest balance is trying to create a structurally sound accessible story that works Mm -hmm. as a story and then also works as a metaphor. Like if you're ranking it, like for instance, mother would all be on the metaphor side. There's, there's no real structural story there to grab onto very much. Yeah. Uh, something like colossal, I think also, um, if, if it faults one way or another faults towards the metaphor, you know, that those kind of things ex machina, Faults towards the story. I mean, false is the wrong word, but leans leans, leans towards yeah. leans towards I knew the what you're story. To say, yeah. So you know you have to find yourself on that that you know um, teeter totter that that the fulcrum 
of that balance. And I think this movie leans towards metaphor. And so there are some of those things that feel a little out of place in the actual story if you're trying to make the story make sense. But I will say, I think for the most part, it holds together even as a story, even though it's a little weird. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so that's your one last thing? That's my one last thing. My one last thing, I think there may be some p- people who will find, beyond finding it um, too uh, pretentious, which I think some people will find it a little bit too artsy and pretentious mm-hmm. because we talk about those metaphor things. Yeah. I think some people may actually find it a little bit silly, too. There are moments in this movie that are kind of ridiculous and if you take yourself out of being gripped by because I was gripped by the movie, so I didn't see silliness. Mm-hmm. But if you take yourself out of that tension and out of that gripping and are just watching what's happening on screen, I think there are moments where you might laugh and be like, what is this kind of moments? There are parts of now that you say it, but at the same time, just because it's silly, I don't think that it's not necessary or meaningful. Totally agree. Yeah. And I wasn't saying that as a negative. I'm saying that as a warning. A warning, yeah. That, you know, if you're in a different headspace, it may come across totally different to you. If the movie doesn't have a hold on you, yeah. um, you may come out going, that is the stupidest, silliest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, to, you ever, we all have our own reactions to that kind of exactly. stuff. But I think it's fair to put it out there kind of as a warning. So overall, definitely recommend from both of us for the discerning movie With fans. a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, with, with a couple disclaimers, I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But so, I loved it. Me as well. Uh, you ready to move on to Best Ever Challenge? Man, Rotten Tomatoes said Black Panther is the number one movie of, the, of all time, and I don't even have it as my number one movie of the year. <laughs> would you put Annihilation as your number one of the year? So far, yeah. I, I would. because I've got Black Panther as my number one of the year so far. Oh, nice. It's my number two. So. Yeah. Yep, we just got them swapped. But it's early. It's still early. It's been a good early year, though. Man. There's a movie I really, really love that I'll talk about later that you haven't even seen yet. But I really so, want to. Um, Honestly, there's only been one movie this year so far I hate, and that was The Cloverfield Paradox. Every other movie I've loved. Yeah. 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 You haven't seen Mute yet. Um, have you? <laughs> yes, I have. You don't like it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away. Oh, no. Oh, no, I gave it away. <laughs> uh, all right, let's do best ever challenge. We're looking at best ever movies that end in T-I-O-N, best ever movies that end in shun. We like to have a little fun every once in a while on the best ever challenge. Again, I felt so stupid I didn't pick up immediately on what you meant. So Annihilation would obviously be one of those movies. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised by how many awesome movies end in shun. I have seven I have probably I have a big list which I'll probably just read through um, after like um, your honorable yeah mentions. like for my honorable mentions I'll count them one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen honorable mentions jeez Louise and they're all great movies not even I didn't even like sneak well okay one of them is a, a kind of a good movie that probably I'm the only one that loves but the rest of them I think are generally considered great movies is it Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> The greatest no. movie of all time? <laughs> no. Is that on your honorable mentions? Of course not. <laughs> okay. Uh, number three. Uh, I'll kick us off um, with Fruitvale Station. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Ryan Coogler's directorial debut. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. They're you know teaming up together. Three for three. F- phenomenal movie. Um, that comes in at number three for me. Good call. Yeah. I have a Pulp Fiction. At number three? At number three. Yeah, it's in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, whoa. Yeah. I actually I had like four or five movies that were in my top 100 movies of all time that were ending in T-I-O-N. So I'm like, I'm just going to go through my top 100 and I'm just going <laughs> to grab them out as they're ranked. And that's what I did. See, that's what I'm saying. You have four movies at least 
in your top 100 of all time. Yeah. The end in T-I-O-N. Yeah. So, uh, and actually Fruitvale Station wasn't on that list, so. Yeah. But uh, you put it in your honorable mention, so I won't mention it later. But uh, what's your number two? My number two is Shawshank Redemption. Ditto. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have the same number one? I'm sure we do. Okay. <laughs> Before we go there, let's talk about Shawshank, you know? Yeah. Um, because uh, you know me. I love Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's great. You know me. I, I just, I love prison break movies. Spoiler alert on this 1998-9 movie. Yeah. Um, but wow, what a cast. Morgan Freeman brings it. Tim Robbins brings it. It's, oh, yeah. It's so good. It really is. And the thing that people always complain about Stephen King is that his villains are pure evil all the time. Like the warden. Yeah. The warden is just pure evil, you know, and people are always like, you know, King, sometimes there are villains that are more nuanced, more nuanced, but he's like, nope, but then you (laughs) nope, not going to do it. But then you look at Shawshank Redemption and then you praise it or even a green mile, you know, how that guy is just ultimately evil. But you love to hate those people, and that just there is a place for it. You know, there is, there is. It becomes its own thing in many ways. Uh, I do see it as a negative. I think it is a, a shortcoming of a lot of Stephen King's work. It was a shortcoming for me of it. Um, you know, with all the parents being just pure evil. I think um, that's more metaphorical than anything. No, I get it. I totally get it. And and also, I I would say Shawshank Redemption and even Green Mile in any of Stephen King's stuff. The reason he paints with such a broad brush for his villains is because of the feeling you get with it. You know, it's because of the I mean, that's not quite metaphor, but it is in the same vein as metaphor where he's yeah. painting a, a hyper realistic world. That's um, it. Yeah. And if for a reason to create an the emotion, to create, exactly to yeah. create a feeling. So he's not going for hyper realism. Yeah. Um, well, whenever you have a demonic uh, shape shifting clown that loves to feed on fear. <laughs> Then yeah, that's that's uh, not literal. That's what you say. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the door's locked. Why is the door locked? <laughs> uh, Shawshank Redemption in at number two and in at number one on the count of three. Three, two, one. Inception. <laughs> yeah, Inception. Uh, yeah, I think that's the right choice for me. I know many would put Shawshank ahead of that. Maybe some would put Pulp Fiction ahead of that. Um, yeah. it definitely is a very interesting one, two, three. I'm not as big a fan of Pulp Fiction as a lot of people are. Um, but yeah, Inception, I think belongs at number one. Yeah. It's because it had been so long. When did that come out? 11, 2011, somewhere around there. Something like that. Uh, I just remember around that time there hadn't been a lot of original movies. And I know we complain about that a lot, but I think that that was like the dawning of the unoriginality and the remakes and everything like that. Cause I think Rambo came out around the same time as then. And I'm like, man, when are they going to stop doing remakes of stuff? And then this, Totally original movie that I think because people were wondering what was Nolan going to do now that the Dark Knight trilogy was had, you know, done its thing. Mm-hmm. And he did Inception. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I love about Inception, What's this that? is just kind of an aside. It really has nothing to do with the movie itself. I shouldn't say I love it. I find it interesting. People talk about Inception now as if it means levels within levels. 
You yeah. so somebody will say like you know oh it's a meme now right right yeah like you you got in, Inception means you know we have you, to go a level deeper we have to go a level deeper yeah but that's not what Inception is Inception no. is the planting of the idea a, it's so interesting yeah that the movie falsified memes has falsified the you know kind of the definition of the title of the movie yeah. it's really interesting whenever but, people say we got to Inception this like we got to go a level deeper no right it's yeah planting an idea in right like said. a pun within a pun is like a punception or whatever and it's like exactly. no no that's not what that means no no that's that's a exhibiting is what it is <laughs> right that's what it is whenever it's called meta that's yeah. being meta <laughs> whenever you put a spoiler on a spoiler <laughs> yo dog exactly uh, uh but, no yeah. that's great stuff definitely belongs at number one. First time i saw um uh what's his face in a movie with tom hardy was inception because oh. I, I went back and i rewatched I, I had never seen bronson before this okay and uh, now that now he's like one of the biggest stars in the world, he's doing good work. Yeah. Um, do you want to go through your honorable mentions first? Because and... I don't have fifteen of them. <laughs> right, and I can just cross them off mine. Yeah. The other one that was in my top one hundred movies of all time uh, is Stranger Than Fiction. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Will Ferrell, so good. Talk about original. That's such a good movie. Very good. Um, and then your favorite movie of all time, Lost in Translation. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we all know he's being sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, Road to Perdition, I really love. Yes. And then I'm going to go a long way back here with a movie not a lot of people have probably seen, but a lot of people have heard about, the Gene Hackman movie, The French Connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Good call. I all right, what the, are the other I had all those 13 on my list. movies on your list? <laughs> Mentioned in the chat is one I had in honorable mentions, uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Oh, I didn't even think of Rogue Nation. Uh, great film. Yeah, with all those all those subtitle movies I probably just totally forgot about, you know. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation uh, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, yeah. both would count. Um, uh, an Education. I don't know if you ever saw An Education. That's the one with, um, yeah. Yes, it's the one with yeah, yes, one exactly. With, yeah. Uh, adaptation, uh, the Spike Jones, oh, Charlie yeah. Kaufman, Charlie movie. Kaufman mm-hmm. movie, where Charlie Kaufman's writing a movie about himself. Election, I think is another good uh, good choice to put in there. Uh, Final Destination, huh? <laughs> Pass. Uh, I love the original Final Destination. No. Fatal Attraction. Oh yeah. <laughs> should should I finish with the one that that uh, I can't believe you didn't have in your list? Uh, it's going to make me feel. Or dumb. should I finish with the one that everybody's going to make fun of me for having in my list? Dealer's choice. Um, I'll start with the one that everybody's going to make fun of me for having in my list, which is David Duchovny in Evolution. I love Evolution. Yes, I love Evolution. Right? It's so fun. It's up there with Galaxy Quest, you know, which is. Quirky okay, let's sci-fi. not let's not go crazy. Is no, no, no. Galaxy it's, Quest Quest is next level, but no, I think Evolution's up there. I love Evolution. I'm so glad you like Evolution. Killing aliens with head and shoulder shampoo is one of the funniest things. Yeah, I love Evolution. Uh, the one I can't believe you didn't have in your list, and I'm sure it's just because again subtitles is the Raid Redemption. Ah! <laughs> I literally watched it the other day. <laughs> I downloaded it on my phone. I bought it on iTunes. Why is it not on my list? Oh man! Oh, now I feel dumb because that would I think it have made would it have made your top three. Would it have bumped out Pulp Fiction? Uh, no. Okay, it is in my top one hundred movies. Now that I think about and it, and you went through that list and, and you I didn't went see it. The list, yeah, because it, because because originally when it came out, it was just called The Raid. Mm-hmm. It was only after it went out on DVD and stuff that it was retitled The Raid right. Redemption. Yeah. So, ah, ah, anger. 
Yeah, <laughs> thank you for mentioning that for me. Absolutely. Well, there you go. The best ever shun movies. Uh, yeah. Movies you should not shun, even though they end in shun. Yeah. Before we head on to the rest of the show, just a reminder, this podcast happens on an awesome podcast network called the Studio DNA Podcast Network that is fan-funded. So you just go there, pay three bucks a month, get some pretty fun extra content. We already mentioned we ranked the Marvel movies, the MCU movies, I should say, yeah. in the pre-show for this episode. So just $3 a month and you get your own dedicated podcast feed with all that bonus content uh, for you to listen to and love throughout the network. Not an official Sith Pop list on that MCU, <laughs> no, it is not an official Sift sort. It's just our separate rankings of the MCU movies. Uh, but it's fun. If you want to go back and listen to it, again, support starts at 3 bucks a month. There's some pretty fun perks. Uh, interesting things happening. Uh, the end of this month, uh, anybody who's giving it $10 a month or more is getting our annual gift. That happens at the end of February. Yay. And we've got a really cool uh, pin set that we're sending out that has uh, little pins for each of the podcasts. Um, and so that's that's kind of fun. That's for $10 a month or more, so you've still got a little bit of time to get your gift up to 10 bucks a month if you want some of that. There's other fun perks. You can check it all out at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Did you get your uh, did you get your Sif Pop pin? I got you a Sif Pop pin, man. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, man. We'll get you one. Woo. Get you, one of, get, you, get you a couple pins. They're pretty cool stuff. When you say pin, do you mean like a button pin or like a writing pin? I mean like a pin that will draw blood if you accidentally leave it open and try to grab it oh, okay <laughs> so nice. I, I assume that's not an ink pen unless you have really sharp ink pens okay yeah <laughs> p-i-n pin yeah uh like a little button pin ow <laughs> yes exactly that kind exactly uh let's do a sift quest this one comes from at hargrove hour on twitter you mentioned that black panther could be an oscar contender of sorts for this year to me i feel it's sort of a stretch to say that don't get me wrong, I love the movie. It did some things that no other Marvel movie has done. But to me, Logan deserved a little more Oscar praise than it got this year. And honestly, I feel like that movie holds up a lot better when you consider the crappy CGI in this one and the fact that this one still feels like a Marvel movie in the end. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I think crappy CGI is a stretch. There are definitely parts that were lacking in CGI. As far as Logan deserving more Oscar cred than this movie, I 100% agree. I think I would me, disagree with that. I think this movie's better than Logan, but I, I don't like Logan as much as, as most people do. Yeah. Uh, for me, the only thing that I consider to be an Oscar contender for Black Panther is Michael B. Jordan for supporting actor. I think that is a possibility. Um, I think if it gains some sort of legs like Get Out did, mm -hmm. here's the thing. Oscar voters really love a movie that has something to say that has a meaning and message behind it in yeah. this movie definitely does it would make a statement mm -hmm. um so i would not be surprised to see it get some of those big nominations um and coogler is a phenomenal director yeah i would not be surprised to see coogler get some momentum for directing uh to see the the i think he was a better director in creed and fruitvale station than here i i think he's the same director i think he's doing great work i think uh, it, like like uh, who was who gave us this uh, Sith quest? Uh, this was Hargrove Hour on so Twitter. Hargrove Hour. I, I agree with Hargrove Hour. It still feels like a Marvel movie. I agree too. So whenever I see the directing style of it, I see a lot of Feige's fingerprints on there. You know, if if there ever was a Marvel movie to make Oscar waves, this is the one, right? No, I think the Avengers should have. But I'm saying I'm saying if one is going to, not your personal opinion of what should have. I feel like this is the one, if one's going to make it happen, it would be this one. Mm, okay. 
Um, I felt the same way about Inside Out. Like if Pixar's ever going to win an Oscar for it was going to be Inside Out. So we now know an animated film's not going to win an Oscar. It's just not going to happen. It's just seen in a certain way. And I think the same can be said for Marvel movies, which why at the end of the day, I actually agree with you both. I don't think this will get nominated for Best Picture. No. Because oh, it's no. a Marvel movie. I just don't. I There's just something that comes along with certain categories of movies where Oscar Oscar voters are like, I'm not going to put a Marvel movie on my ballot. Oscar winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, but those are the technical awards. We're not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Black Panther's going to get nominated for some of those technical awards. Um very likely. But I think once we start getting into like screenplay and director and actor and those kind of things. Honestly, I think that so far Michael B Jordan I don't want to say shoe in, but he is a good contender. You for, think so? I really do, I think man. he'll suffer the same thing. I do agree with you, though. That I think that's the most likely yeah. Oscar bid is for a supporting actor. Now, here's a question, and I don't think this was in the Sift Quest, but do you think this hype of like it being an Oscar contender, and then even Rotten Tomatoes having it as the number one movie of all Good time. night. So do you think that that detracts from the movie of overhyping the movie? Like people saying... Okay, it's not that good because I find myself because whenever we did the review, I loved Black Panther. I really did. But then whenever I hear people saying it's the greatest movie of all time, I I hear I see myself going, "Come on, guys, it's not that good." I find myself battling against the movie that I love. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? Yeah, but do you do you see what I'm saying? Like this overhyping and this overselling of a movie. Oh, for sure. Can actually, I don't, I don't know that it can be helped. Um, I think it's part of the reason the backlash, and, and there are different, there are different. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's a different situation for sure. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the backlash points, I can see the validity of, but the, the, I think a lot of the heat of the Last Jedi backlash was because before it actually came out, critics were almost unanimously calling it amazing. Um, <laughs> Can't forget that car ride home. <laughs> You trying to make me feel better and that made me feel worse. I couldn't find it. But man, once it released, you felt fine I about felt your opinion. Validated <laughs> and vindicated. <laughs> um, but I think the heat of backlash has a lot to do with overhyping. Yeah. And it's actually the reason I've started making one of my points in a lot of movies, a per- certain kind of movies. Uh, you know, beware, even though I'm saying I loved this, don't let your expectations get to the point where you're going to hate it. Yeah. Because. I, expectations play so deeply into how we feel about films. It's another one of the things I love about, you know, doing the no frames thing, the zero frames is that, I, you know, I'm not gaining expectations that I don't need yeah. from marketing material. Cause marketing, marketing material is designed to get my expectations high. Um, and I don't need that. I certainly don't need it for star Wars movies. I certainly don't need it for Pixar movies and I certainly don't need it for Marvel movies. <laughs> uh, my expectations are already high enough because of their track record. Yeah. So I don't need to watch those trailers and be like, Oh, this is going to be the greatest thing ever made. Yeah. Like I can go into it and go, okay, bring me a movie. Well, you know, Kung Fury hasn't come out yet. So. <laughs> That's right. That'll be on IMDb's number one. Yeah. And Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, at the end of the day, I think our vote is no. I think our vote is that it will not be nominated for those big categories other than possibly supporting actor yeah i think that's where we'd land yeah uh together on totally that. agree and i do agree logan had a better chance of being nominated for i agree with that statement for sure yeah um all right thank you appreciate that uh, yeah. at hargrove hour thank you for getting that sift quest in if you have a sift quest uh question you'd like to ask us a 
debate you'd like us to weigh in on or anything you want to know, just let us know through Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. You can also DM me. I leave my DMs open. Uh, and you can also email if you would prefer SIFPOP uh, at SIFPOP.com. Uh, we'll work just fine for that. Um, all right. Let's move on to our buried treasure. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about this week? Um, so <clears throat> I didn't know Mute came out on Netflix, or that might have been mine. But uh, something that did come out on Netflix. I think it would have been yours, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to watch it when I get home. Uh, but I saw that the uh, live-action remake of Full Metal Alchemist was on Netflix, and I watched half of it. I'm like, yeah, it feels a lot like the show. So my buried treasure for this week is going to be the animated series Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Now, there's an original Full Metal Alchemist show, and then they did another one called Brotherhood, which is kind of like a condensed version, better graphics. They cut out like some because I don't know if you ever watched Japanese anime. There's a lot of episodes that are like kind of like filler. You know, mm-hmm. this one's a more condensed, more fluid, and it might be the greatest anime ever. It, I think a lot of people do consider it the greatest anime ever. It is the ever. Black Panther of anime. Yeah, the <laughs> number one greatest television show of all time. No, actually, I think that on, like, on IMDb, they have the greatest 100 shows of all time. I think it's like number 19 or something like that, so... But uh, it's a fascinating story. It's totally unique, which actually a lot of anime, Japanese animes are. You don't, yeah, they're not westernized. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic story. It's funny. It's scary. It's depressing. It hits every single one of the uh, genres that you'd be looking for. It's a lot of fun. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Brotherhood. I think it's on Netflix, Hulu, and uh, Prime Video, so you can pretty much watch it anywhere. Very nice. Uh, I'm going to talk about Game Night, Uh, the other movie that came out this week as my buried treasure. uh, It is one of those movies that I was just talking about where be careful, be careful, because everybody's loving on this movie, but and it's a great movie, but it's not like, you know, transcendent or anything. You know, it's kind of one of those... There, keep, keep your expectations in check. There but go are different have fun. levels of loving a movie. Yeah, go have fun with this movie because it is really fun. Jason Bateman is so great. Rachel McAdams is really wonderful in this. They play off of each other really well. I was wanting to know how well like they would you know play. They're off a great each other. team. Really, I really enjoyed it. Um, beyond that, the rest of the cast is just very likable and fun to hang out with. Um, you've got Winston from uh, New Girl. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch New Girl, playing basically the same character he plays on New Girl, <laughs> which is fine because it's a fun character. Um, and you know several others in there. Kyle Chandler's in there doing good stuff. Jesse Plemons is in there in a fun little you know character piece. Um, but really what makes this movie work is the script. It is so smart. Um, it is twisty and turny and threatens you with twists and turns. And then when you think you're done twisting and turning, maybe it's going to twist on you again. Or maybe it's like it is just one of those movies that is so brilliantly woven that you're just enjoying the ride the whole time. And add to that the fact that these people are fun to hang out with and they're making you laugh and doing funny things. It's just all a bonus. So I really enjoyed Game Night. Big, my biggest surprise of the year so far is how much I enjoyed Game Night. Um, so that would be a definite buried treasure for me. The other thing I would mention about it, um, that I brought up in my review and I think bears mentioning it is a rated R movie that feels like it exists outside of the rating system. And what I mean by that is so many, especially comedies that are rated R 
try to push that envelope in the raunchy department as much as they can because, hey, we got an R rating. We might as well shock people and gross them out. Yeah. This is a movie that feels like it was just made to be authentic to these characters. They use profanity in adult language because they're adults who use profanity in adult language. It doesn't feel, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it doesn't feel forced into a PG 13. And it doesn't feel forced to use all of its R-ness. It just feels like a movie that was made and to be it, to be what it is, and it's rated R. Nice. And I, just, I like that. I, I do too because you can just feel the desperation that the rating system has caused movies to try to fit into those categories. And it's like I kind of like the idea of a world without that deliberate of a rating system. They didn't you know? try to sausage party in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, I thought that was worth mentioning, but overall, it's it's a really fun movie and a fun watch. I'm excited so, to see it. I really, yeah, am. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. I hope you enjoy it as much as as I have. So um, I love Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. So there's a pretty good chance I will. So I mean, then at the end, when the whole thing goes metaphorical and turns into Annihilation Part Two, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Little did you know, after watching Annihilation, you were walking into the direct sequel. <laughs> That's right. All right, um, we did it. We did a podcast. I'm surprised we got to say as much about Annihilation as we did. We I'm casted, not going to lie. We casted so many pods. Yeah. It was amazing. Jenga! Jenga! Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Andrew for coming by. Well, thank you. Got anything you want to point people towards? Uh, To a boat, to a raft, whatever will keep you afloat if you live in the Ozarks, because <laughs> we need an ark, ladies and gentlemen. No, you can follow me on Twitter at, at @flickfreaks. I post randomly uh, just fun stuff. You can follow me at Twitter as well, at Aaron Dicer. Also, be sure to vote in the Oscar party. Go to SifPop.com to do that. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network happen. Support starts at three bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. A lot of ways to connect with the podcast. Feel free to leave a comment at Spreaker or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about the podcast and that listening is much easier than getting a good night's sleep when images of a giant gator shark are fresh in your mind. Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be up next in your podcast feed, and we'll see you back next week to chat maybe Red Sparrow, possibly some final Oscar thoughts. See you then. Sharkadile. Sharkadile. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.